Hello and welcome to the Gentleman's Journal podcast, a fortnightly discussion all about success, modern business and the lives of entrepreneurs. I'm Joe Bullmore, I'll be your host for the day, and my guest on today's episode is Davide Cerato, the Managing Director of Mont Blanc Watches. Davide's first watch was a plastic light-up Casio number, an icon of 70s design, and the man seems to have been entranced by timepieces ever since, throughout his various careers in advertising, Nutella, and finally watchmaking itself. An odd combination of both creative and business-minded, Davide was perhaps the perfect man to head up Mont Blanc's newish watch division when he joined the esteemed brand back in 2015. In a special episode recorded at Hound Lodge on the Goodwood Estate, Mont Blanc, of course, are the official timekeepers for Goodwood's Festival of Speed, Davide tells us why we should strive for imperfection, how he lost his favourite ever watch as a young man, and why we should all try to stay five years old forever. Davide, thanks very much for joining us on the Gentleman's Journal podcast. Great pleasure, as always. We're at the um, Goodwood Festival of Speed as we speak, we which are. must be kind of heaven for you, because as you were just telling me, you're a massive vintage car fan. It definitely is, absolutely. Kindergarten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what, you, you own cars? You've got a couple in your collection? Uh, yes, uh, as I was telling you, <laughs> now I'm uh, very British. <laughs> I have the pleasure of owning uh, a Morgan Plus 4. Okay. Uh, spider convertible. Fine. Very, very pleasurable. Yeah. And what car, are there any cars here that you think you've got your eye on that you'd, you'd really love to own? Oh, so many. <laughs> all, all of them. They are all such incredible and unique cars yeah. with one-of-a-kind stories. It's really a very, very special place if you like cars. Of course. So what's the link between classic cars and vintage watchmaking? It seems the two always go hand in hand in a way. Absolutely. It's, it's so close. It's uh, mechanics first. Yeah. So if you love mechanics, you're automatically loving both. Okay. Uh, and it's this fantastic blending of uh, mechanics and engines and performance and precision. Yeah. Uh, link with uh, the beauty of uh, chassis for car and habillage okay. for watches. So you have also this fantastic... Uh, magic balance of uh, outside beauty and inside power yeah of course so how did you get into watches were you a watch fan as a kid were you one of those uh i was uh i'm a kid of the 70s yeah. so uh, my very first watch was a, a casio with led display okay, cool. uh, it, Light now, up looking back, back exactly <laughs> looks like a star wars watch yeah. uh, it was blue dark blue navy blue okay. with uh, Fantastic. And uh, yeah, I, I must say that when my father teach me how to read analogical time, it was really uh, an epiphany for me. Yeah. I still remember this moment like, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, getting to know a new language and having access to a new world. Of course. And uh, I had, uh, but I was in Italy in the 80s where uh, swatches were crazy, yeah. damn collectible and people were going out of the roof. Uh, I had the pleasure of receiving watches from my grand-grandfathers, okay. uh, from uh, my father, uh, from my grandfather, sorry. So um, to start to get into vintage watches yeah. quite, uh, quite early. And there is a very special one that was a, a universal Geneva uh, okay. uh, chronograph that unfortunately I received just before summer when I was, uh, at the time I was studying uh, industrial yeah. design and I was preparing my exams and I received the watch and I could wear it 
few times and then uh, we left for a holiday in Corsica mm. and uh, with, with friends and one day we were going to the beach I decided to leave it into the car to avoid uh, wasting it with the oh, sand no. and they robbed all, all our cars so oh I, my god I, I lost the watch and wow. this watch is kind of uh, you know a <laughs> disconnected thing that I'm trying yeah. to recognize and in you've some been way, looking for it ever since yeah and and <laughs> but uh, uh, it was so sure that I can even not remember all the details of the watch wow. you know and in some way, I think it has influenced quite much my designs yeah. because it is, uh, you know, p- perhaps I'm trying to to rebuild it up in my in my memory. Wow, amazing! Mm. It may still be out there that watch. It may be, it probably yes, is. Absolutely, absolutely. Maybe I, one day you'll stumble upon it. Absolutely. In the I, car boots. I, I hope to. You know, at <laughs> the time there were no mobile phones to take pictures, yeah. so it's by far more difficult to have. Uh, of course. You know, proofs of. But would uh, you know, know it if you saw it? Uh, perhaps, okay. perhaps, yeah. Good. Mm. Well, I hope you do. So your route into watches is kind of unusual. You weren't there from the start. You've worked in food and drink, I think, and, and in advertising. Is that right? Definitely, absolutely. I I, I had a very nice experience uh, in Ferrero, which is uh, the Nutella of Italian company. That's an incredible uh, company. It's still family-owned as well. It's still family-owned. Yeah. And in Italy, it's really like Procter & Gamble in the yeah. US. is the it's marketing huge. school. Very, very innovative, uh, very, very strong in, uh, in marketing. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, yeah, a little bit of advertising on cars okay. in the biggest advertising agency in Italy. And then uh, mm. um, consumer electronics or for the strategic design part okay. and, and then watches. Yeah. yeah. And were you in the creative department in advertising or the strategic and kind of planning? Uh, strategic and planning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you, but you are a creative at heart, really. Uh, I am, yes. So I a ca- bit of both came say. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I have something, I have a characteristic which is... Uh, a little bit rare, not uh, in existing, but a little bit rare, which is my right and left brain are okay. even. Wow. Normally, most of the people are predominant right or left. And the fact of, uh, of having it even means that I can do uh, as well <laughs> a creative yeah. or very analytical things. Okay. So it was a little bit, that's why I had this uh, particular professional path because I was looking around, I, could, I tried more the business marketing thing it was working well then i tried more the advertising creative stuff it was working well too yeah. i didn't know which was my real strength and, and direction since when i realized that my real strength was being able of doing both and yeah and in watches i really could uh, recompose somewhere both uh, dimension is exactly what i do today in mont blanc yeah. uh, handling all the 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 business uh, the watch business and also driving directly uh, the design and of course and then the creative side, product development, and yeah. so. Mm. So, what was your first job in watches? How did you move from the very first one was uh, already with the Richmond Group okay. with Panerai, uh, Officina Panerai, fantastic, okay. uh, one of a kind Italian yeah. brand, very much uh, military rooted. Uh, uh, at that time, striking designs because yeah. they were the very first uh, oversized watches, sport watches, diving, vintage, really mm-hmm. fantastic brand. Uh, then after that, I moved to quite a big challenge, uh, reinvigorating uh, a Tudor oh, wow, under yeah. the Rolex uh, family. And uh, I stayed there nine years. It was a very, very nice experience. And yeah. I'm uh, happily seeing that the brand is still booming and growing on the solid pillars that we put together at that time, of course. especially the Black Bay design. And uh, yeah, now uh, uh, since four years, Mont Blanc, where we are 
again reinvigorating, reviving yeah. all our all our um, uh, identity yeah. and designs yeah. and, and content uh, using and leveraging a fantastic asset that we have, which is Minerva. Yeah. So what's the relationship between Minerva, for those who don't know, and Mont Blanc? Yes, the relationship is very easy. Uh, Minerva and Mont Blanc are the same thing. Right. Uh, as I repeat, and I will always repeat, <laughs> okay. Minerva is Mont Blanc and Mont Blanc is Minerva. Fine. But Minerva, so, to watch, people who aren't watch experts, is, is a, a brand 161 year yeah. old, uh, very well known for chronographs. Uh, it was the brand that together with Oyer created and invented and developed, developed what is called today the chronograph. Yeah with uh, more than 60 years of uh, uh, research into stopwatches and counters, into short time frames. In 1916, they already did a chronograph 100 of a second. Wow. Um, sport uh, specialized stopwatches like the rally timer for racing. And uh, we acquired uh, uh, Minerva in 2005, and now we are really leveraging it a lot. All our, all the new Mont Blanc designs are uh, inspired by Minerva pieces from the past. So mm. somewhere, Mont Blanc is the new expression of Minerva in terms of watches. Of and uh, but we are leveraging the history that is behind, and we are really leveraging this incredible, nice handmade and finished movement, uh, and in particular chronograph monopushers and exotourbillon. And this is nurturing all the IN uh, offering every one of yeah. our lines. So when people think Mont Blanc, maybe who aren't that knowledgeable about, about watches, they think of the pens first, they think of the leather goods yeah. and the kind of beautiful heritage of the brand. Is that a bit of a challenge or is that kind of an opportunity that people don't think of watches? Uh, it was a real big, big challenge at the beginning, four years ago. And now I think after four years of communication on, on, on this and, uh, and the fact of uh, and the supporting evidence of the product that are really the expression yeah. of uh, this very long and unique watchmaking history, uh, watch lovers and watch aficionados are really understanding what we are doing and appreciating very much. And uh, uh, yeah, it's really a pleasure to see that they now get, you know, uh, jump into what we are doing. There is a, a product that has become really iconical, is mm. the 1858 Geosphere, yeah. uh, that is really, really booming. We are now running a little bit behind with the production, the last one, which is the Kaki Green in bronze. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think we are expressing a very powerful uh, watchmaking through very unique technical content, very unique value proposition, mm -hmm. and then very, very strong designs with. Uh, using special colors we've been between the first one to use uh, the green and we are now really leveraging it we've just presented this year in the new heritage product line pin salmon uh, on the dials which was a little bit a lost color yeah. and i'm sure it's going to come back uh, we are leading the way on straps uh, with band strap with incredible nato strap uh, uh, weaved traditionally in, uh, in in France with weaving machine from the 18th yeah. century. Uh, we are playing with, with materials, bronze. We are presenting now at Goodwood a new time Molker chrono with a distressed steel case. I think we are offering a lot of uh, a lot of pleasure and variation and, uh, and uniqueness uh, with our watch offer. And with your marketing hat on, who is the Mont Blanc man? Who's the, the guy you're trying to get to wear these watches? That's a multi-million dollar question okay. because watches already it's a, a category that you start to wear when you are a kid when they offer you your first watch and then uh, you're going to buy your wear since you are 95 year old. Yeah. So 
uh, age brackets are are not easy to okay. uh, to set. And when you have a very iconic watch like the Geosphere, for example, it goes completely beyond age, uh, uh, gender, uh, uh, you know, uh, money yeah. uh, or, or whatever. But let's say that we are a lot uh, speaking to really watch lovers and watch connoisseurs, vintage lovers for sure. And uh, yeah, that perhaps uh, we have a very strong basis of clients uh, in the, let's say, 25, uh, uh, 55 uh, okay. uh, year old people. Uh, but we are now really catering to, to many different people. And, and there are more and more women buying sport watches exactly for the same reason as men do. Yeah. Uh, so now it's completely transgender, I would say. I've heard you speak before about um, the importance of having that hero product, the thing that people think straight away, uh, that's a Mont Blanc watch and that's what they have in their mind's eye. Have you achieved that yet? Do you think you've got that in this collection? We definitely have. Uh, we definitely have. Uh, this is a fundamental step in building up uh, the relationship with clients and uh, being on the radar of watch lover and connoisseur uh, out there. People really need to at least have in mind one of your product to mm. associate the brand with the product. And especially for a maison like Mont Blanc, where we don't have only watches, but have all, also other categories. So uh, we have now a clear winner, which is uh, the Geosphere, this world timer, uh, very vintage with this unique feature, which is two discs representing northern and southern hemisphere that gives you all the time zone around the world, but with a very easy to read local time and home time. Uh, and um, yes, in Time Walker, we have uh, these uh, manufactured chronograph with Panda dials that are working yeah. really very strongly. Uh, in the high-end part, uh, uh, the Chrono Mono Pusher split second in 1858 uh, is a winner as much as uh, the doctor's watch, the Pulsograph mm. uh, in Heritage. And now we have, uh, I think, designs, we, we have settled our key for product line. I think we have designs that are very distinctive and very clear. So people really start to have, I think, Mont Blanc watches on, on their order. Well, should we look at some watches on that note? It seems like a good time. Absolutely, um, with pleasure. We'll, we'll grab some. There's a huge collection of quite striking looking watches in front of us. Yes, I mean, the first one I will start with is uh, um, the Time Walker chronograph uh, uh, with manufacturer uh, movement that we are presenting here at Goodwood 2019. Yeah. So this is brand new for, for Goodwood. Exactly, and these are very nice application of uh, good design i think we are using a special uh, material or material treatment which is what we call distressed steel okay so is a steel that looks like uh, having aged a little bit like a sterling silver that has uh, oxidated oh, yeah. and we it's really very much linked to uh, cars and racing and it's more it looks like a kind of exhaust absolutely almost, that, that All, almost smells uh, <laughs> no, ty burnt tires and, okay. and, and, and engines and is uh, very interesting it's done uh, uh, doing a DLC coating on the on the case so the case is completely coated in black and then it's put in a kind of washing machine oh, okay. with metallic uh, spheres that take off part of it but in a non-homogeneous way giving this uh, very nice effect that looks like the watch is uh, as a 50 years uh, yeah. on, on his uh, So they're all history. unique, I suppose, each of them. Exactly. And starting from that, we designed uh, a very nice dark dial uh, with the uh, anthracite gray and black, and we used a very nice uh, um, 
Kalf Nubuk strap in okay. gray that really looks a little bit like the Alcantara seats of sports car or the Alcantara dashboard. It seems like straps are kind of part of the Mont Blanc DNA as opposed to bracelets. They definitely are. Uh, we are doing all the the calf one, all the leather one in our manufacturing in Florence, yeah. leveraging our uh, uh, leather uh, mastery and, and experience. Uh, and we are doing all our NATO strap uh, in, uh, in Saint-Étienne with a supplier that is doing textile ribbons since uh, five generations. And we have transformed textile ribbons into NATO strap of an incredible yeah. quality and, and durability. And, and strap for us are really a very important part of, of the pleasure of wearing a watch. It's a bit more kind of European and continental, I guess. Definitely, absolutely, definitely. We also have a metal bracelet, but yeah. uh, yes. Another interesting watch, I think, is uh, the one that I'm, I'm wearing. This is crazy, yeah. It's a chronograph monopusher with the 1629 Minerva movement inside. We and do it's huge. How, bi how big is that? It's five centimeters of diameter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it's all in titanium, so it's very, very light. Wow. It's really a reinterpretation of the original rally timer from the 40s and the 50s. Uh, this one is a very unique dial, which is made of uh, enamel grand feu. Uh, enamel granfo in two tones so the only as you are cooking it into a high temperature oven to melt it and have a perfect uh, homogeneous look oh, wow. of the dial the only way of having two colors is uh, doing what is called cloisonné so you create a metallic frame between the two colors in such mm -hmm. a way that even when they heat and they melt they are not mixing so quite okay. difficult to do uh, on a gold uh, basis yeah. and really getting back all the beautiful vintage uh, uh, numerals and scales and design yeah. that are very typical of Minerva with blue numbers, uh, red numerals, black one. Yeah. Very, very vintage. And the nice thing is that you can wear it on the wrist, you can use as a pocket watch and you or as a table clock mm -hmm. and you can use uh, on your car, on your vintage car if you're doing a regularity rally okay. or something well, like that. Or mounted on the dashboard. Exactly. Absolutely. Wow. We, it comes with a plate that you can put in your car okay. so that you can use as the watch, the clock of, uh, of your car. So it's a Amazing. transformable watch. Okay, good. I, I mean, I guess... A big question people are asking now is um, the smartwatch market, and mm -hmm. and you seem to have not shied away from that at Mont Blanc. You're kind of you're aware of it, and you're almost working with it. We are definitely. We have a smartwatch that is called Summit. We are now at the second release of it. Uh, it's working very well. It's catering a completely different uh, uh, kind of uh, of customer. It's more a connected device that is put on the wrist than yeah. a watch. Uh, but yes, we are, we are doing it and is, uh, is living in what we call our technological product business unit uh, and is catering also through different uh, um, kind of shops and, and, okay. and uh, channels uh, than what we do with mechanical watches. We keep it really yeah. very separated. Is that going to be a challenge, do you think, in, in years to come, getting people who are used to screens and, and kind of digital watches to go back to mechanical but so, somewhere the connected uh, device is interesting because uh, it gets on the wrist of uh, young kids that uh, normally would not wear a watch so yeah. they will get used to wearing something on the wrist through that and we really think that at a certain moment it's helping to make the jump to a mechanical okay. one which normally happens when you start to your first job <laughs> yeah of course uh, and then you've got them for life exactly hopefully Talking globally now, where in the world are uh, Mont Blanc watches most popular? 
Uh, we are uh, distributed everywhere in the world, really globally, thanks to the fact that we have a network of uh, a little bit more than 500 boutiques. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, and then we, there are countries where we are present since a long, long time, like uh, Asia and Southeast Asia, and uh, others where we are a little bit more recent, like US. Uh, but yeah, we are distributed really everywhere. Uh, we are very strong also in South America, especially in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks to the work that we have done in the last four years on uh, on the designs, on the technical content, we are now growing in a very significant way in Europe, where okay. the customers are more mature and more, more skilled, sure. more uh, expert. Yeah. And the different countries like different watches. What's the most popular out of these, for example, in Asia? Uh, yeah, in Asia, as always, uh, you have uh, um, a bigger focus on, let's say, classical traditional watches. So we sell there very well uh, Star uh, Legacy, we sell there the New Heritage uh, uh, line, and uh, we sell there um, Exotourbillon, this kind of complication. Mm-hmm. But uh, Asians and even Chinese are picking up very, very quickly, and they are now moving very quickly into... Uh, other uh, categories yeah. of watches they're getting into sport watches they're getting into bigger watches uh, more complicated so um, somewhere the gap that used to be there in the past is uh, is really being closed uh, quite quickly okay and looking at these watches they're also diverse and different in their looks and feels on day one when you're deciding right we're going to put a new watch out there what do you do what are the processes do you kind of grab influences from I don't know, from art, from design, what what, what do you look to? Uh, to be very transparent with you, I do a watch that I will buy myself, and okay. then normally, <laughs> <laughs> if it if it does, uh, it, uh, it appeals to. Now, Fine. it's uh, out of the jokes, it's a, it's a combination of uh, now for myself, uh, more than 20 years of experience in watches, and uh, of a great passion for that, and all the different teams, so um, of... Uh, knowing uh, which are the trends that are coming, which are the complications that are uh, developing, which are the characteristics uh, of the countries and so on, and matching a little bit all of these to know exactly what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, having a very deep knowledge of our Minerva archives and really of uh, being able of uh, cherry picking in between that, the pearls that we have, mm. and uh, knowing how and when using those designs to re... Uh, interpret them to refresh them and to to nurture uh, our collection uh, it's really yeah a mix of experience uh, and uh, and uh, creative uh, intuition okay. you know, of what's fine what's good so left bring. and right brain again absolutely yeah. absolutely absolutely so what are you working on now then tell us what's um, coming up that we don't know about what's in the in the lab at the moment we have already prepared uh, all the lineup for uh, next years and even uh, we are working between three and four years ahead um, this year it will be a, a little bit more challenging because uh, the watch fair is not in January SHH but it will be in April now what is very clear is that uh, with our four key product line Time Walker 1858 Heritage and Star Legacy and uh, the latest one um, our collection is uh, is done we don't need to go more okay. complex than than this and we can now work inside the collection playing with colors playing with material playing with textures to really sit very strongly uh, our our watch identity um, the geosphere is really 
our uh, our core product yeah. so we are going to play with it as you have seen this year with the khaki green and the bronze and the watch strong um uh, designs are, are have this fantastic uh, uh, power mm. of uh, becoming stronger and stronger as, uh, uh, when you when you play around them and each new shades each new phrase really brings something more to the story of it yeah. so now we have uh, quite a, a room to to develop and to play around it um high-end watches that we are doing especially chronograph monopusher are very very powerful and we have an incredible level of craftsmanship and end finishing with all the movement done in-house all the decoration done by end in-house even the air spring we produce mm. uh, in our manufacturing billere which is more and more rare all those watches all the watches done by the same watchmaker a little bit like a, an engine of a ferrari will be done by yeah. a single mechanic and um uh, small limited edition between eight pieces and maximum 100 pieces where people limited and numbered so you can really choose your lucky number uh, and uh, yeah this kind of uh, of uh, rarity and exclusivity is really starting to pay very strongly we are just uh, we are revealing a watch here in Gudu, and we just presented the watch that we have prepared for uh, only watch yeah this beautiful um, philanthropic uh, um, auction where we have prepared a crazy 1858 split second for the first time in titanium with a titanium case first time time that we use titanium on our high-end watches and with a dial that is in agate blue stone okay. shaded uh, we have already used it on some pocket watches uh, last year. Wow. Very, very strong watch. And I already got some messages from collectors okay, that are good. cheering what we are doing. So that's good news. Many, many things that will come in the in the next month. So where can our listeners get their hands on a Time Walker Goodwood special edition watch? In Goodwood, if okay. they are, and uh, <laughs> and anywhere else. Uh, and we are but there's not many of them. There's there. No, there are not many of them. It's a limited edition of uh, so 1,500 pieces. Okay. Correct. Mm. Mont Blanc's four years old as a watchmaker. Where do you hope it gets to in the next four years? Uh, but stronger and stronger. Uh, we see this especially in uh, the prices of the mm. watches that are sold in auctions. They are going uh, higher and higher. The only watch piece that we did uh, two years ago was sold for 60,000 Swiss francs, wow. which was uh, more than double the price of the original one. There are more and more uh, um, pilot watches uh, from Minerva from the 30s and 40s that are sold in auctions, like in Philips uh, one year ago, yeah. again for 60,000 Swiss. So it's really the the supporting evidence of the fact that the value of uh, of what we are doing is going up and i think it's going to grow more and more and now we it's the the key word is really consistency we have enormously simplified our our product collection we have now very clear universes in which we are playing like for example for 1858 is mountain exploration and outdoor which is a territory not not really mm. Um, played by other watch brand and as we are called Mont Blanc, uh, I think yeah, we are very legitimate it. to be there. Yeah, of course. Uh, even the star represents in reality the sixth class here of the Mont Blanc. So oh, right. mountain yeah. and, and and the maison are really uh, interconnected okay. in a very in a very deep way. So we can play really safe and 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 build up year on year now. Well, we look forward to seeing how it goes. But before you go, Davide, we've got the questions we ask everyone on this podcast, which are as much about you mm -hmm. as about you as the man from Mont Blanc. So what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't working in watches? 
perhaps a car designer. Okay, fine, I can see that. <laughs> What's your worst habit? What's my worst habit? Uh, very, very good question. Um, There's too many to choose, clearly. Oh, too many. I like, uh, I like too much food. I'm Fine. Italian. Well, yeah. <laughs> what pasta and pizza? What's the uh, Torino? Every, What's the national dish of Torino? Everything. The national dish of Torino is uh, uh, what is called vitello tonnato. Oh, of course, veal, uh, veal with uh, yeah. a sauce with mayonnaise and, and tuna. That, That's and almost healthy, though. That's okay. It's very healthy. It's okay, very fine. healthy. So Italian food is that. quite healthy. Yeah, well, not the way I eat it. So, <laughs> what are you most proud of so far in your career? Um, I think what I'm doing. I think uh, what I was able of building up at Tudor, for sure, and what I'm doing now with Mont Blanc, I yeah. think it's even... Uh, taking a brand and uh, and really enhancing it, nurturing, making mm -hmm. it alive. Uh, I'm a builder. I'm a builder by nature. So what I enjoy the most is developing things, building things, bringing value, bringing creativity, new ideas, new concepts. Uh, that's what okay. makes me wake up in the morning. Cool. And um, what's the most impressive thing you can cook? What's your signature dish? Is it Vitello Tommaso, maybe? Very interesting question. Uh, I will not tell you what I'm cooking, but I will tell you what my wife is <laughs> okay. cooking for me, even though I really like cooking and yeah. I, I, I grown next to my grand-grandmothers, grandmothers and mother cooking. So I, I learned a lot of, of things that now I can, I can redo. But yeah. my wife is Hungarian. Oh, and, cool. Uh, and there is a, a, a very nice dish that is called paprika shchirka, that is a chicken with a fantastic sauce with paprika wow. inside. And that, for me, is one of the most fantastic dish ever. Okay, good. Well, I'll have to come around and try it. What, what's been your biggest regret in your career so far? Uh, what was my biggest regret? Uh, um, very good question. I don't have big regrets. Um, I enjoyed very much uh, jumping from one business and one world to the other at the beginning to understand which was my direction. And uh, I really love watches. Uh, I found really something that fits perfectly mm. with me and allows me to... to uh, completely fulfill my creative uh, side so yeah. I think I'm quite a lucky man good if you could learn one skill what do you think it would be a something more Japanese yeah. Japanese yes definitely. straight away for the fly fishing straight away exactly and the skiing yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for the fishing there is a crazy community of, uh, of Japanese trout uh, yeah. stream fishermen they have even developed a completely new way of fishing which is called ultralight spinning with crazy tools wow. and and uh, I would love to be able of uh, speaking with them and exchanging and reading about that I think I will do I think okay. I will do is there a single phrase or convention that you'd like to banish from the earth a way that people think or do things uh, yes I really can't bear people who pretend to teach the other what they have to do these okay. I would really ban them from the face of the earth, especially when you are driving. <laughs> okay, fine. Backseat drivers, yeah. Uh, if you could be one age forever, what age would you be? Very interesting question. Five? Five? <laughs> okay, five's a good age. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a magic, a magic is, one. Yeah, okay, nice. The creative one, the yeah. most creative one. Yeah, fine. You seem like you've still got a bit of the five-year-old about you. Yeah. A bit of creativity. You spotted me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, what have you done recently for the first time? 
Oh, interesting question. What I've done recently for the first time. Uh, I can tell you. Okay, you need to do more new things then. <laughs> yeah, more new experiences. Absolutely. Uh, what is your most treasured physical possession? It's got to be a watch or a car. Yes, but if I would, I still would have this uh, grand grandfather watch. Uh, definitely, mm, would that would be, be it. Yeah. Well, we're going to track that down. I'm going to make it but my I, mission. I really love my Morgan. I, I really bought it to keep and to give to my kids yeah, when they will okay. be able to drive. Good, a good mm. British car. None of this Italian nonsense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm my, my, my dream is still a vintage Ferrari, of course, but uh, yeah. a Testarossa perhaps. Okay, but uh, I can see I, that, yeah. I love, uh, I really love my Morgan. Is there a book that you most often recommend to people or a book that's really influenced you? Um, yes, I, uh, I, I don't remember the exact title, but I, I'm reading uh, different books from Tadawando in which uh, uh, he is explaining his uh, architecture uh, approach, okay. architectural approach. And they are absolutely outstanding. The way, uh, I mean, I've, I've been studying architecture and industrial design. And uh, I've always admired how, mo how much architects are able of explaining in detail what they are doing, mm. uh, which designers also uh, do or should do. And uh, he's able of explaining so well the way in which he plays with the space, with the traditional elements mm. from uh, the Japanese uh, culture and contemporary one, how he, he takes all these elements to create kind of prototypes of yeah. space that he's applying and how much he's playing with the interior and exterior and with uh, empty space and full space. I love Japanese culture wow. and is really it's something that I use very much also in my work. I think in watches, even if they are tiny objects compared to yeah. a house, this game of magic balance between proportion, between empty and full space, between um, the internal architecture of the watch, really the three-dimensional expression of each uh, of it, the matching of the color of the texture mm. is something that is absolutely paramount and that you cannot, you cannot see, but by chance, taste is a universal language. So yeah. if something is proportionate and good, then anyone yeah. with a, in, independently from the culture, the country, the studies done is able of immediately spotting yeah. it. So. You know it when you see it. Is there anything Japanese about these watches, do you think? Are they influenced at all by that love of Japanese architecture? I think so, I think so. I, there is a very nice book, uh, Japanese one, about wabi-sabi. Yeah. It is this very particular philosophy of uh, purity and simplicity and... Uh, and kind of imperfections, isn't it? The, this, exactly. Yeah. The, 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 the power of imperfection and the power of uh, things that are... Uh, change that are impermanent and that are uh, imperfect but unique because imperfect yeah. and absolutely what we are doing if you take uh, this age steel case of uh, the time walker but each one of them it would be completely different of the other if mm. you take uh, stone dials that we are doing it's uh, natural rocks that are sliced so any slice has uh, different crystals that yeah. come out with a different look and in this impermanent uh, uh, theme, there is something very interesting that is very much linked with vintage and vintage culture yeah. because you have all these effects of uh, uh, oxidation 
that take place in old watches that are called tropical yeah. effect by collectors that create absolutely unique uh, watches because you know the sub register that were black all of a sudden they become brown and a dial that was brown it becomes a uh, purple and you have uh, I, I think yeah time and impermanence is creating yeah. things that are even more beautiful than how they were perfect thought at the beginning and we are uh, in our designs trying to give this to offer this to to customer uh, yeah. without needing to be a super expert to, to get that. Of course. And do you have a personal motto? Oh, uh, live and let live. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Why, what does that mean to you? Uh, to me, and I think to all creative people, freedom and freedom of expression is very important. Uh, and that's why I, I love fly fishing. That's why I love driving cars or painting. It's that is because of uh, the fact that you create a space in time to really you know chill out and really clean completely your mind is uh, fly fishing especially when you are wading and you are into the water is really like meditation you know is is like if the water they pass through uh, cleans your mind and uh, after you start uh, and you are brand new again and i think this is so much important Amazing. especially now with digital and the fact that we are connected all the time and when uh, when I went fishing in Kola Peninsula in Russia there's no network so for one week you're completely okay. disconnected finally <laughs> from the world and it's such an incredible incredibly nice experience to to be always here and now and to be able to get to know the people that you have around and to really can focus and and get everything that is around you is something that we need to I think we need to nurture you know not to lose it if yeah. not uh, we are so much uh, connected and, and multitasking all the time that in reality, we are never anywhere. You know? yeah, <laughs> no. We are always running behind something to go somewhere and we lose uh, the, the present. Uh, so Japanese for these are very wise. Okay, wonderful. Davide, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, really a great pleasure. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Gentleman's Journal podcast. We'll be back in a fortnight with more invaluable insights from the worlds of entrepreneurs, raconteurs and tastemakers. But in the meantime, you can read more at thegentlemansjournal.com or follow us on Instagram if you're so inclined, at the Gents Journal. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you very, very soon.